welcome back to Activity Quest, the podcast that's packed with stuff to do. This week, we're going back in time to the Roman era. My name's Bex, and every episode of Activity Quest starts with a fun kids presenter doing something awesome. Now this week, Adam is off to the Roman baths in Bath. Hi, so I'm Jess, and I'm the visitor experience supervisor here at the Roman Baths. So I supervise the amazing, brilliant, talented front of house team. So when you visit the museum, anybody that you see helping out around the site, um, that'll be that'll be me and the team. So we've just uh, tucked ourselves in the corner here. Um, below us, some some greenish greenish looking water. Jess, describe where we are and, and what we're looking at. It is very green, yeah. So we're on the top terrace at the moment and we're currently a few metres above, about six metres above um, modern day street level. But of course the Romans would have had a lot lower street level. So we're now we're looking down on the Great Bath and it's a green colour because of the algae that live in the water. So in the Roman times they would have had a roof over this site here. We would have been inside. Um, today, well, obviously we're, we're outside. So the sunlight and the temperature of the water means that the algae Um, grows and grows and grows until we get this very lime green colour to the Great Bath. Um, You'll also notice maybe some orangey colours in there as well. That's because the water that comes up from deep underground has 43 minerals in it and one of them is iron. So that orange staining that we see around the site is the iron oxide that is in the water. And people obviously can't bathe here today but in the past this would have been full of some very important people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people in the Roman Empire, they visited from far and wide. Um, and the great thing about bathhouses was that they were really open to everybody. There was a fee. Um, it was quite low usually. So um, people could visit um, from all calibers of life. Um, and including rich people that had their own bathhouses, they would come here too to the public bathhouse because then they could mingle and socialise um, and, and meet people and things like that. So they would they would all be here. And just as we stand here on this terrace, there's a, a wonderful mix of languages that I can here from visitors there's uh, sort of the the sound of buskers outside being carried on the wind uh, this is a UNESCO World Heritage site which basically means that it's incredibly important uh, historically and culturally why why do you think that is I think it's a combination of things, really. We've got um, one of the best preserved Roman sites um, in Northern Europe here in Bath. We're really, really so lucky. Um, And then also we've got the Georgian and Victorian architecture as well on top of that. And we preserve the whole site now, not just the 2,000-year-old pieces, uh, but also the bits that are over 100 years old and, and take care and look after those. And that's what makes the site so special. We've just gone down some steps. We've just gone through a little bit of uh, the museum. There are some incredible, fascinating artefacts in there. And then we've come down another set of steps and there's sort of a a mini theatre where you can look at 
Wow, some some incredible chunks of stone. Jess, what are we looking at here? Yeah, so this is the front of the temple um, where it would have housed um, a bronze head with gold on it of the goddess Sulis Minerva. And she was really important here. When the Romans arrived, they didn't know how all this hot water was coming from deep underground. It was, it was magical to them. So they thought that it was the goddess Minerva. They put this with the Celtic goddess. The Celts were already here before the Romans arrived. So the Romans took the Celtic goddess Sul and they took their own goddess Minerva, put them together, Sulis Minerva, and then a lot of the temple was dedicated to her. So what we're looking at is the front of the temple now. And um, a lot of the stones, it was like a jigsaw. So gradually they found all of the stones um, throughout their time excavating here in Bath and added them into the front here. So in the middle, we can see the face of what looks like the face of a man with a long beard and sort of snakes in his hair. Now, this is very like the Gorgon, um, but the Gorgon from Greek mythology was, was female, so it can't be the Gorgon. It might be Sul, the Celtic god of water. Um, it could be Poseidon, because again, got a lot of hot water going on here as well, and you can see the waves in, in his hair and his beard. Um, but yeah, essentially, we don't know 100% who this person is. But when the Romans arrived, they would have marveled at the front of this temple. It would have been 12 meters high, so it would have been absolutely huge stone building, which before the Romans arrived, um, we, as far as we know, didn't exist in Britain. So large temple there. We've also got, if you visit, and you can try and spot these things, um, the helmet is a dolphin head. And there's a little owl as well in the other corner. And all this symbolism are things that the Romans added and they believed they had something to do with the sacred site here at the town, which was called Aquaisulis. Perhaps your brother has stolen your PE kit once upon a time, or I don't know, maybe you've lost something and you're convinced that somebody's stolen it. Well, that's happened throughout the ages. Right now, we're looking at small pieces of lead that have been inscribed with, uh, with a whole range of weird and wonderful things. Yeah, exactly. So we're looking at curse tablets, which is something that the Romans wrote if something had been stolen from them and they wanted to seek justice. Um, and so this one, for example, we've got a very small curse tablet there. It says it's for the theft of a pair of gloves around the bathhouse. Um, they say that the thief should lose his mind and his eyes. So um, quite strong there. Um, and then we've got another one with just a list of names on it. So possible thieves, uh, perhaps. Um, we don't know. And they've got one with an unusual spelling as well. And that could have been because the writer had dyslexia. Sometimes they wrote their own. Sometimes they paid a scribe to write them for them. Then they would fold them up. Um, they were on very thin sheets of lead there. And they would throw them into the sacred spring, which is here on site, and then hope that the thief would um, get karma. OK, we're just wandering outside now. We're on the, uh, I guess, the lower terrace. And we're just wandering to the to the edge of the bar. So I'll try my very best not to fall in. Yeah, so we're now down on Roman level, right next to the Great Bath. And it's great because you can get really close. But it's best not to touch the water because, like we can see here, there's some feathers in it. 
there. There's some insects in there. So it's not the cleanest to touch. So the great bath here is the largest one on site that we have. Um, and it would have been the largest in Roman times too. Um, it holds, the water is five foot deep, about a meter and a half. And there are stone steps leading in on all sides. So that was perfect for the Romans because they weren't using this so much as a swimming pool, doing lengths up and down. This was like a giant jacuzzi. So they would just decide which step they would sit on. Maybe they just want their feet in the water. Maybe they want to go submerged up to the neck. And they would be sitting around, chatting, catching up on all the news from the empire, having a gossip. Really a lot like we do at swimming pools today and spas. Um, the water is hot as well to this day. So how the water is heated is that um, about th sort of 5,000 metres underneath the Earth's um, crust there, it, it passes through rocks that produce a type of heat, like a chemical reaction. The water that fell as rain on the Mendip Hills, a few miles away there, it passes down to this 5,000 metre area and then it goes through the rocks and it picks up all the hot water on its journey to Bath. Then, when it gets to Bath, it can't go any further because there's a layer of clay where the water can't get through. So the water starts to come up instead. And then, luckily, in Bath, we've got a fault line, a gap in the rock, and it's called the Pennyquick Fault. And then the water comes up to us in three places in the city, and the largest place is here at the Roman Baths. So by the time the water comes up to us, it's 46 degrees Celsius, so that's hotter than a hot tub <laughs> or a shower. And then by the time it channels through into the Great Bath here, it's about 36, 37 degrees Celsius, so it's about body temperature, and that's the perfect temperature for bathing. Okay, Jess is just handing me a, a very small paper cup cone. Um, I've been told that this water is going to be warm to drink. We're going to pop that under. I've got my I've got my spa water. Cheers, Jess. Cheers. Thank you for, for showing me around. It's quite metallic. It's warm. Mm. And it is very metallic, isn't it? It's sort of, uh, I don't advise that you do this at home, but it's sort of like like putting a coin in your mouth almost. Mm, yeah, it's like making a tea with pennies. Yeah, well, there we go. I've, uh, I've had some, some Roman bath spa water. Everybody's sort of <laughs> scowling, like they've got a, a sour taste in their mouth. But I've had some, uh, some Roman spa water here at the Roman Bath Spas in Bath. Uh, Jess, thank you so much for showing me around. Oh, thanks for having me today. Thanks, Adam. It sounds pretty cool, actually. I do love stuff from the Roman times. You can find out more by searching for the Roman Baths in Bath. Now, if you can't get there, how about we make something at home? Welcome, curious time travellers, to a fascinating craft adventure inspired by the historic Roman Baths in Bath. Today, we'll embark on a journey through time and create our very own Roman-inspired mosaic artwork. Imagine yourself transported to the ancient Roman era, standing amidst the grandeur of the Roman baths. You'll need cardboard or sturdy paper, coloured construction paper or tissue paper, scissors and glue, pencil and a ruler, and, this is optional, but gold or silver markers. Are you ready to bring the artistry of the Roman baths to life? Start by cutting a piece of cardboard or sturdy paper to your desired size. This will serve as the canvas for your Roman mosaic. Start by cutting a piece of cardboard or sturdy paper to your desired size. This will serve as the canvas for your Roman mosaic. 
Using a pencil and ruler, sketch a simple design inspired by Roman motifs on the cardboard. Think of geometric patterns, laurel wreaths, or other Roman symbols. Now it's time to create colourful mosaic tiles. Cut small squares or shapes from the coloured construction paper or tissue paper. You can use a variety of colours to bring vibrancy to your artwork. Glue the mosaic tiles onto your cardboard following the design you sketched earlier. Arrange them close together to mimic the intricate mosaic patterns found in the Roman baths. If you have gold or silver markers, you can add metallic accents to your mosaic artwork, enhancing its Roman-inspired splendor. Take a step back and admire your Roman mosaic creation. You've captured the essence of the ancient Roman baths in your own artwork. As you marvel at your mosaic masterpiece, imagine yourself walking through the Roman baths, witnessing the grand architecture, and if you went back in time, indulging in the soothing warm waters. That concludes our time-traveling craft adventure inspired by the Roman baths. Hang your mosaic for all to see. Thanks, Georgia. And just like that, we are done. Remember, there's loads of episodes of Activity Quest that you can go back and listen to at any time. If you want some more suggestions of stuff to do, just scroll back in your podcast app and pick an episode you fancy. I'm Bex, and this has been a podcast from the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. It was produced and edited by Adam Stoner. Listen to me on your DAB digital radio, online on the free Fun Kids mobile app, and on your smart speaker. Just say, play Fun Kids every weekday from 4pm. See you soon.